0: Coming in at number one this week, it's Dean Lewis, Be All Right. Jane Gazzo with you this evening. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome on the show tonight two women that I grew up watching on television and absolutely uh, being completely and utterly mesmerised by, and they're sitting in front of me right now, <laughs> Kate Sobrano and Zan Aberatne.
1: Fabulous. You did it wonderful.
0: <laughs> of I'm Talking. Yes. <laughs> welcome and congratulations on uh, getting back together again.
2: Yeah, it's very exciting. Very exciting. It's like, as I Said to a couple of other people recently, it's like being cryogenically sealed. We sort of snapped the top off of it, and 30 years has changed nothing. It sounds as fresh and as powerful and kind of punk funk as it ever was. But the thing is, you look
0: exactly the same. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well Marsha Hines, black don't crack, beige yeah,
0: don't age. That's <laughs> right. And, and isn't it funny <laughs> that you say that because when I was growing up watching you, I never thought of you as women of colour or women of diverse background. To me, you yeah. were just two really cool chicks. Yeah. That That's looked good. amazing on screen. Okay. I mean and had great tunes. For us
1: it was it was a bit different because we had two females and then a bass player that was mm. female also. Mm. 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 So it was kind of, you know, I think it was a little bit unique in the landscape that was back then. Yeah. yeah. Super.
2: But I think you're right though, Jane. I don't reckon any of us really put much tension on it. We were, no. we were um, you know, engaged with music and, and music didn't really matter. If it, it, it was exciting that we were women in a field that was predominantly men mm. and that we were doing dance where there had been no other live dance acts in the country and we had two women at the front who – I mean I, I wasn't even really probably even thinking about much of our color at the time but I have to confess there wasn't a lot of color at that time <laughs> No not, not here not in not Australia here. no But no. as a young
0: girl watching it I mean to me you were you were at the forefront there quite rightly too Uh but you know that we had the chick from the Juke Guides, we had obviously Chrissy Amphlett we had then we had later on we had Lynn Buckfield from the Electric Pandas we had the girls from the Go-Betweens I mean there seem to be, there seemed to be women Yeah but certainly not as prominent as No when, as, and when you list you.
2: them off you know it does It seems to sound plush, but it's so spare on the field, actually. It's still spare on the field. Mm. I mean, we just did the first Australian Women in Music Awards last month and we couldn't believe as a body, you know, as a whole core of people putting it together that it's the only first time in the history of Australian music that there's yeah. ever been one. Look, we aspire, I
1: mean, we, we aspire to chic and things like that because mm. we just, that music influenced us as a whole, I think. Yeah. yeah. With Robert's guitar and then having the female vocals up front. Yeah. But it wasn't as prevalent here in Australia, I don't think, no. at the time.
0: Let's remind people how fabulous you were. Here's a little bit of uh, Do You Want to Be. Tell me me, tell me. when you hear that.
2: Um, Zan and I, when we sang together, we wouldn't hold back. It was just, you know, you just release all the fuel from the jets and you can hear it in this track. And I remember recording it. It became exhausting because sometimes we'd often only ever get to put the vocals on in the graveyard shift. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, just the way expenses were back then, you know, to hire a studio often $2,000 a day and, and a lot of electronics involved. So I love the fact that we sort of break out of the gates on this song.
0: I want to chat to you about Michael Hutchins 22nd of November marks 21 years since we lost him. I know you played with In Excess many times. What do you remember about Michael? He
1: was a very cool dude. Very nice. Gentleman,
2: gentleman. Did you ever get to pass him? Well, actually, he, he wasn't... He was Not med- me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was full of magic. He was actually, he was very poetic, actually, as well. So he's sort of like a very Oscar Wilde kind of character. And he did scale the, uh, the front of the Cosmopolitan to fall asleep on my veranda one morning. Which I right? After the Australian Countdown Awards. And I went inside and said to, I think we were travelling there at the time, I think my mum was even there, I said, Michael Hutchins is asleep on the veranda. <laughs> I said, well, let him in. Oh. <laughs> would have been wonderful to have had a passion, but I don't think I was, I don't think we we're really on those terms with those lads, were we, Zan? They were more like... Um, that would be kissing and telling, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, no. I wait for the book. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Hunters and collectors there from the brilliant album cut, Holy Grail, here at Triple M's Homegrown. Kate and Zan from I'm Talking are with me tonight. You would have played with Hunters many times. Actually, my
1: very first, one of my very first gigs was with the guys in the band with my sister, at the Prince of Wales. Is that right? Yeah. And I used to share a house with Mark Seymour.
0: So. What was he like as a housemate? He was a fitness fanatic.
1: <laughs> He's always been kind of into training and running and That's stuff like, like that. Cool, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: right. John Butler Trio here at Homegrown tonight with Just Call cool as they wind their way around the country at the moment, promoting their brand new record, Home. Also with a record not so brand new, but certainly reissued and remastered and sounding fantastic, a Kate Sobrano and Zan Aberatne from I'm Talking. Their special guest co-hosts tonight, we've got to talk about the Australian Made concert. It was such a pivotal moment in the 80s and such a celebration of Australian music with the likes of your themselves in excess. Jimmy Barnes, models, all playing. I mean, it must have been such a highlight for you at the time. Yeah, it was.
1: It was, it was really good fun, actually. Yeah. Perth, we had the biggest audience. I think it was like thirty-five thousand people outside. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was tremendous. Um, and just for all of us to hang out together, as you say, it was a celebration of, of Australian music. And all of us bands used to hang out like regularly, doing these different tours and things like that. So yeah, we we're all it was like a like, big family. Yeah. It
2: was cool. My saddest thing was recently having to say goodbye to James because we did a lot of work with the models um, over Barbados and out of mind, out of sight. James, during the Australian made tour, was a very scared flyer. He he would have to take every concoction of drug under the sun, moon and, stars, and actually have someone seated next to him holding the seatbelt tight. He was just terrified of flying. I remember that. Mm. Um, but we all sort of had each other's back and and it's true we became quite a family. I um I was watching Queen the movie the other day and I was remembering Live Aid and the Australian version of that which we were a part of. That was the East African Tragedy was that that one or was that Oz for Africa because there was two. There was one
0: pre Live Aid and there was one post. There were two there was a multitude of different mm-hmm. things at that time.
2: And we were sort of like a micro fission We sort of happened through this particular, this particular period of time and then it was all over. Mm-hmm. Like it just hot fast, furious kind of like fission and then boom, it was done mm. and we were off and did, doing other things. But that era was so heady, mm. watching Live Aid on and watching the Queen mm. and the and – that feeling of having those vast audiences in the palm of your hand. Yeah, nothing's ever really quite felt quite like
0: that. Yeah, well, of course, we did lose uh, James Freud, uh, 4th of November 2010. So yeah, it was his eighth year anniversary uh, earlier this month. Very sadly, uh, let's pay tribute to James and model, the rest of whom you'll be uh, playing at Day on the Green with in early 2019. Uh, here is Barbados. Models Triple M. That's Grin Spoon here at Triple M and prior to that the living end other side. Jane Gazzo with you tonight Kate Sobrano and Zan Abaratne from I'm Talking are with me in the studio in celebration of them reforming for a day on the green next year. We got to talk about the end of I'm Talking 1986. It was a bitter end wasn't it? I mean you went to London and I know that record companies were, were trying, to. was it London Records that wanted to mould you? Yeah it was I mean
2: they're trying to get <laughs> their money back <laughs> trying to, to get their money back. <laughs> put it they put in always? a lot of money
0: well you
1: know when you go to a label like that they kind of want to market you in a certain way Mm. and maybe the way that they wanted to market is maybe the way that the band saw itself maybe didn't sort of gel in the middle that way and so I think that caused a bit of stress within the unit Mm. and caused it to splinter I guess from there because it just there was a lot of forces going on there they flew us to New York and London and Mm. we were doing recordings and tours and things like that but I don't know you know just kind of Somehow it just came apart at the seams, if mm. you like, because of all of those different elements. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a tricky thing to, you know, kind of sustain that if, mm. if the, the record company is trying to pull you in a different direction
2: to where we, maybe where you thought yourself you were going. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And that's why it's so amazing in rehearsals now, like after 30 years, we've all gone and done our respective interests and careers. Rob's gone and worked on treaty and he did all the, the recording and the. So good. Which is amazing. So good. Um, Zan's been living in London and New York and has played with some of the greatest soul bands of of England. Is London <laughs> yeah. still
0: home for you you're back home in No, Australia? I'm back
1: home now, you know, but, uh, yeah, my husband's here and we're just, you know, enjoying Melbourne. we are back, we're,
0: no, we're back and, yeah. you know, and
1: this is obviously a nice surprise to have this come up again. So. Yeah, it's
0: a jewel. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Okay, we all we all know you were busting to be a star when you're in. I'm talking now that that's out of your system and you've got an incredible back catalogue to your name. Does coming back to I'm talking feel like you're in a different headspace, a more yeah. relaxed
2: headspace? Absolutely, absolutely. It's actually very, very comfortable, very enjoyable because, yeah, the pressures are you can't even name how exquisite and bizarre any when you're up the front you've desired for such a long time to have this solo career and sprint away but then all suddenly you're the only one that's got the responsibility (laughs) and you're the one that everyone's staring at and you're the one that can't put it back together if it all falls apart there is such a delightful it's just really cool just sit down with the rehearsals and I don't have to think we can just simply sing and we just get in tune with what the whole band is doing and each other is doing and it is. It's a therapy mm, of sorts. Yeah. Absolutely, is. I imagine
0: it must be a great headspace to it's be a, in this time is. round because you were so young when it all happened for oh, just way you. way too know, young to deal. And dealing with so no, much. I, know,
1: I can speak for myself. Feels like the chemistry's there. Like mm. we just had our first couple of rehearsals and it
2: just all sort of slotted back in together like we have been doing it all this yeah. time. It was amazing, actually. Yeah, it kind of makes yeah. me think, like, I don't reckon the problems were within us. So I think no. it was from without. Yeah. I reckon we had external pressures that we couldn't even identify. Mm. Managers, money, you yeah. name it. But now we can just sit down and play the music.
0: Let's talk about Holy Word. Is it true that Magda Shubansky makes an appearance in it, in that video clip? That's what people have told me. I mean, it- we'd have to I, ask Magda. I, ha- I have slowed it down. I think I have found her. Aha! Uh-huh. I think I have found her. She's wearing a fetching Wilson Phillips type pink jacket in the video. I think it's a split second, but I think I found her. Uh, And so that was pretty much the last single before the implosion. Was it?
1: Yeah, Yeah, kind of was. Yeah. Yeah, Which is unfortunate because, you know, Hollywood obviously did well. Massive. Um, We were off in England (laughs) while that was becoming a hit year. But when we came back and we did, I think we did Australian Made when we came back from England and... Yeah, so we were able to enjoy that success as we came back, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's remind people of that single. Single Isn't it Hollywood? The last single there for I'm talking. Kate and Zan are with me in the studio tonight in celebration of them reforming for A Day on the Green with Brian Ferry, Died Pretty and the Models in February and March of next year. There's still more to chat about with Kate and Zan, so stick around. In the meantime, though, Paul Kelly here at Triple M. Kate and Zan from I'm Talking are with me tonight And we're just chatting uh, as they prepare for a day on the green next year With Brian Ferry Those shows are going to be fantastic Let's just remind people of your brilliant song, Trust Me Crazy thing. Anyone
2: out there cares for you oh, Love you deep
0: talking trust me what a highlight track in your career and what a, what a time as well to come through the Australian music industry as uh, two women that were really at the forefront and at a time when there wasn't a lot of females
2: around. We did come through a very interesting period mm. where we were jostling for positions of power certainly being a front singer in a band having requests or inviting um, people to do things for you. It, it could be It could have been seen in one way you were a diva or the other mm. way you just, you know, were a bossy bitch. These <laughs> days you, you just wouldn't get like that because <laughs> a lot more women are executives now and a mm. lot more women are up the front and they're doing production and management. But my mother, even at the time, even when I came out as a soloist, was one of the first and only female managers in the country. Is that right? Yeah. I got
0: a confession to make, Kate Sobrano.
2: Uh-oh, do we have an argy-bargy? No,
0: no, no, <laughs> no. It's a cool confession. Yeah. I spoke to your mother once. Oh, did you? I found your number in the uh, then white pages because you were listed in the phone book. I, I was. In I the, probably in still the am. late 80s, early 90s. Ah. I rang up to speak to you and your mother answered. Oh, how fantastic. And I said, oh, is Kate there? No, no, she's not. Who's this? Aww. Oh, just a fan. Aww. Oh, You just wanted to speak to Kate, did you? You just wanted to say hello, did you? Oh. Yeah.
2: That's really cute. <laughs> but you know what? We as Australian artists... I like, we, we are, we're actually available and approachable. I hate to say it, but... Is your number still in the phone book? 857 No, no, that was my first... That would have been my oh, first Joseph, home. No, I'm no. Joking.
0: North Ball when you Actually, used to live. Actually, Katie... It? Oh, my God. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's <laughs> the number... We knew. We stalked you guys. That's the
2: number I quoted just then for that house. Oh, my
0: God. I still mm.
2: remember that number, yet I can't remember my own mobile phone yeah. now. So no stalkers. Well, I say <laughs> that. Since, I did have someone call...
0: me back in the uh, early 80s. You weren't that 80s. person
2: who called and said I'd left all these objects <laughs> in their bedroom that night before. Oh, one of my earrings and you know, blech.
0: we mentioned Chrissy Amplett earlier, a lady who was sadly lost, but who was there with you in the
2: eighties flying the flag for Aussie women. I actually did have a pasch, uh with Christine Amplett at a, <laughs> <You did? laughs> but it was one that it was sort of like, yeah, it was kind of like an accidental pash, if you will. She was a bit drunk one night and she was just, you know, she's quite a feisty woman and and she was just messing with my head, I think, and I was just a teenager. But it is still to this day, it's like, you know, my badge of honour. <laughs> I was a Chrissy Amphlet. Patch Chrissy Amphlet.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, you yeah. feel me? I feel yeah. I feel-